Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what is up, my peoples? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Oh, boy. I think this might be the first time that I'm having a third time returning guest. My dear, dear, dear sister and friend, Miss Phoebe Mrochek. So, Phoebe is arguably one of my favorite human beings on the planet. I mean, she she is just a ball of love. One of the most inspiring women I know who is just on such a relentless pursuit of the greatest levels of love within herself. And I've known Phoebe for years. I've seen her grow, evolve, shift, change, shed layers, and now step into just such an incredible level of 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 leadership for herself for her relationship and this conversation was so nourishing in so many ways she's the host of the unbecoming podcast um and it's it's funny you know i've had phoebe on the show three times now and if i go back and listen to the previous episode she was brilliant she was amazing she was connected and they're all so different like it's just amazing for me to experience people evolve over time. And, and, and this conversation was so empowering. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love just keeping all the episodes of Stay Grounded, even the first ones that I put up that I just, you know, didn't know what I was doing. And I keep it there because it's a reminder of how far we can come, of what can happen when we consistently choose to just grow inch by inch. And this was such a, powerful conversation. We talked about presence and getting into the body and choosing yourself and practical examples of what self-love actually means. Uh, We talk deep about relationship and how to find self-love in relationship, how to use our relationships as mirrors for, for personal growth and mastery. Um, Phoebe talks a lot about her belief systems and where they came from and unpacking safety. And my gosh, there was just so much packed in this beautiful, connected, loving conversation with one of my dear friends. And so I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. I hope it it brings you into your heart and reminds you of the possibility uh, that exists on the other side of, of inner work and and what's possible when you learn to lean into love and you lean into presence and you trust And you just trust. I just, this was just, talking to Phoebe always drops me into my heart. And so I'm just full of love, connectedness, and gratitude. So enjoy the conversation. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast apps. All that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. And tag us on social media if anything we said resonated with you. And just 
I hope you take this episode as an inspiring and empowering reminder that you are a creator. You have infinite potential to create anything you've ever desired in your life. And even the hard things in your life are there, only there because you have the choice and ability to respond even higher. And I, I just, I love you guys. I really do. And I'm just so grateful that we get to share conversations like these together and learn from incredible people like Phoebe. So enjoy it. And without further ado, here is one of my favorite human beings on the planet, Miss Phoebe Mirchek. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you're all having a dashing day so far. Hello, Phoebe. Hello, Raj. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I love you so much. It's stupid. It's stupid how much I love you and how much I miss you and how grateful I am just that our conversations can both be just catch-ups and life-changing conversations for ourselves, for others, and things that we both just I just love you so much. I learned so much from you. I am just grateful to have you in my life. I miss you. How are you? <laughs> oh my gosh. I have so much to respond to that because I feel the feeling is so mutual. And really, as I'm like, I was getting ready for this interview, I'm like, I just, I learned so much about myself because you asked such great questions. So my intention for today, you know, is just to like be really present in this conversation and to share from my heart, what's real for me. And in the hopes that, you know, maybe it helps somebody or maybe somebody just hears something or, you know, maybe I learned something. So I am, how would I describe how I am right now? I, I am so empowered right now. I feel really grounded and honest with myself. You know, that's one thing, you know, before we hit the record button, you shared this perspective around like self-leadership, which I think is this idea that I've certainly been playing around with that, you know, we are the creators of everything in our lives, whether it's the good or the bad. So if there's someone in a relationship that is not showing up in a way that you want them to show up for you, like there's actually a part of you that's creating that. And, and I'd love to maybe unpack that idea because to me that is like empowerment, right? When we don't actually put our power in the hands of another and we say even the actions of another are actually our doing, it opens up a really interesting line of introspection. And I'd love to hear your perspectives on that line of questioning and how that ties to the idea of living an empowered life. Yeah. So when I, you know, I'm in this relationship and in certain moments, ebbs and flows, like I'm in Costa Rica right now. So everything that I'm looking at right now is like beautiful and jungly and water. And it's just reminds me of the power of the feminine, which is wild and crazy and also just dark and mysterious. It's all of it. It's this really, really wide range. And so as I'm in my relationship, I noticed things that I'm like, God, why does he do that? Or what am I, you know, I wish he wouldn't do that. Or why can't he be this way or whatever it was. And at the end of the day, I finally hit this moment. There were two moments. One was 
this moment in a journey that I had. And the underlying message was, can you just love what is? I was like, whoa, which sounds, a lot of this stuff is not stuff that we have never heard before. It's just, it hits you when it hits you and it hits you at the perfect moment. And for me, I was like, can I just love what is? Can I love it, the situation? Can I love him? Can I love the other people involved? If there was, you know, it's just like so all encompassing. Can I just love what is? Which means that I have to love me for who I am. And so I just turned it all back around and was like, whoa, this actually has nothing to do with him or the situation or anything. It actually has to do with me. And what he's not doing is an expectation that I've created that he should behave in this way as opposed to, no, he's behaving in the way that he thinks is best. He's doing the best that he can with all the information he's given. He is existing in life. And I am trying to exist next to him. But what I'm doing is I'm putting these harnesses on him telling you must be like this. And what kind of life is that? Right. And then what happens is I end up with resentment, disappointment, upset when he's like, what are you talking about? You know, like this, I didn't know that I was supposed to do this or whatever. It's just, that's not a reality that I want anyone in my life, anybody that I love to have to live into is defined by my expectation how silly, how ridiculous, you know? And so when I just kind of turned it around back on myself, I'm like, what is this in me that needs it to be this way? And a lot of it came down to control, right? A lot of it came down to, this is something I uncovered recently, which was, so you know this, my dad died when I was 18. And it was like a, like the rug was ripped out from under me. I just felt like, holy crap, this life that I thought I had or was going to have is not the reality of the situation. So what I realized I was doing is to, I was creating chaos because it was predictable. So I would create these moments so that if he left, let's say like in this exact same scenario, it's like, if my, my partner left, then at least I would know that it was coming versus that was, I was just reliving this old story that wow. he can't, yeah, he can't leave. Like all of a sudden my dad just leaves, right? Like leaves. But the reality for me in this moment was I'm reliving that same story, not wanting him to leave. But if he does, at least I'd know about it. So I could like protect myself. I just want to really anchor that in. Cause I think that is such powerful awareness. And I want to mirror back what I'm hearing because I want to let this sink in for myself. What you're realizing is that you would create chaos and tension in the relationship because you were terrified of him leaving you unexpectedly the same way your father left you at the age of 18. So at least if he left, it would be predictable in your awareness and you wouldn't have to feel the grief, the potential grief of what you experienced at 18. So you're protecting yourself from experiencing the same grief that you felt at 18. Right. Wow. <laughs> so it was like I was creating the very thing I didn't want. I've always said in relationships, the only things I don't want are unpredictability and inconsistency. Like that's what I want predictability and consistency, but I was creating it because even if he didn't leave, at least chaos is predictable in its own way versus really surrendering to the unknown to he could leave at any moment. 
like that unknown, that anxiety was less, like I would rather have chaos than uncertainty. Like that's what was coming up for me. I'm like, whoa. Well, that's so important to just, I mean, that there's so much in that that I think is like, like so many belief systems, so many fears, so many sort of deep roots, right? Like I've been really unpacking this idea of of safety, right? Like as you go deeper into the healing journey, like I think safety and uncertainty kind of get like tied into a similar kind of web of just cocktail of stuff, like a concoction of stuff. And and I'm realizing the safest thing in the world is to actually be okay with uncertainty. Safety is not certainty. Because think about this, if you just experience the same thing all the time, are you actually building the resilience to survive uncertainty? Like you're not. And so uncertainty is actually the safest thing. Like in reality, if we actually got back to truth, which is coming back to what is going to give us the highest likelihood of survival, and that is the the truth coming back and anchoring in, uncertainty is the safest most resilient thing that we can experience and change our relationship to because it truly gives us the ability to dance and be with all that is. People mix up familiarity, right? It's like it feels familiar. So that must mean, therefore, it is safe. And that is exactly what you're saying is like, that is not true, right? Sometimes we, our mind tricks us into thinking oh, I've experienced this before, so therefore it is safe. And I know how to respond, but that's actually not it at all. And it's this resiliency that you're talking about. It's like, if I know that I can handle any situation, that's why I love to travel. And I love travel because there are no rules. When you get to these countries, you're like, I don't know how I'm supposed to behave across the street, but like, I'm going to go for it. And so it's like that, like stretching yourself really becomes fun and playful which is the ultimate, you know, for me, feminine essence of like fun and play and joy and love. It's like, can I love, you know, can I love what is and love it exactly the way it is and exactly the way it's not, you know, as opposed to like this, oh my God, I've got to like push something into this, you know, squeeze it into a box because that's the box that I know. And I know what the label says and I know what it looks like inside. Like if that's the life you want, that's the life you're going to continue to get. And if you want to grow, that's the opposite <laughs> of what is going to help you do that. And it's hard and painful and uncomfortable, but it's great. A hundred percent. I mean, it's it's certainly a life at the edge. And loving all that is does not mean choosing all that is. Right. And I think that's something that I certainly have to keep reminding myself. Like I put an expectation on Gina or I put something on her, right? I can love her as is and I can choose to have preferences and choose to communicate what I desire, but not putting the expectation on her is different. It's like, I don't need you to be different. And this is what I like. This is what I desire. This is what I'd love for you to show up with. And I think that's a big piece for me, like even boundaries, like boundaries with people in different parts of life. Like I can love people as they are and choose to have a boundary. Yep. Right. Instead of expecting them to change, it's like I can create. Yeah. Well, desire in the form of a preference versus the desire in the form of an attachment. 
right? The attachment to the desire becomes the suffering, right? That elicits that suffering that seems inevitable, right? Where you're like, I can't, if it's not this way, then I'm suffering, right? And we get to choose the suffering if we want to. And we also get to choose the opposite of that, which like you're saying is like, yes, my preference would be that this would happen. And it's up to her in this instance, she can say, yep, or no. And loving what is either way, right? Is like, that's the work is, yeah, that's not, that wouldn't be my choice, but okay. You know? And one of the things that I've said in my head a lot in the last couple of years is when something doesn't go my way or like a person <laughs> experience, I'm like, I honor your journey. I don't say it out loud because it kind of sounds a little condescending, but in my head, I'm like, I honor your journey. Like it doesn't have to be mine if I don't want that to be. And so, yeah, it's that attachment to the desire, to the outcome that causes the suffering. Well, I think that there's like levels to the game, right? Like you start by becoming aware of yourself and then all of a sudden you start seeing things in others and you're like, God, I just want everyone to be like me. And then you break past that into accepting everyone as they are. And then you step past that into realizing that you can create the relationships you want with agreements and boundaries and and conversations and and you can actually be an active participant in this dance and and I think it's important to just come back I, I I just love this idea of being empowered at all times like you are never actually a victim like if you don't choose to be I think there's this this idea that you know I actually don't even believe I used to believe that Initially, it was like life happens to you, and then you start practicing gratitude, and then all of a sudden, it's like life happens for you. Now, I don't even believe that life is happening to people or for people. Life is simply a mirror for where you are. It is as it is, and it is a mirror. And it is your response to life. Like Your soul is just creating. I had a a guy on my podcast recently, and he talked about this idea of like a soul curriculum. Where like when you're born, your soul comes into this reality with a set of lessons that you are here to learn whether you are ready to learn them or not. Like it doesn't matter. Your soul decided this curriculum for you and everything in life is just a mirror for that curriculum and you can just choose to respond to life in a way that's empowering Regardless of the circumstance, even if your curriculum is difficult, if your curriculum is something that's just constantly filled with triggers and lessons and failure and whatever society might deem to be this negative thing, like you can choose to look at that through the lens of, hey, this is my soul's curriculum and this is my choice to dance and be optimistic and create my way through this. And and I think that's where I've landed now and I'm realizing like even when Gene and I are in like the toughest triggery just blah <laughs> like <laughs> I just feel like it's all just showing me how I get to grow. It's showing me where I have like work to do when life is when I get hit with something in business like it's like coming back to like how can I show up? And it's just, I'm flipping it. And I feel like you're also in a very similar place, which is why we're just soul sister brothers. Like it's, that's, that's why I get We're soul, soul siblings. Soul siblings, soul sibs on the same soul bus. <laughs> I very much agree with the soul curriculum. Like 
I have this belief and I remember, I know exactly where I was. I was sitting on a plane reading Many Lives, Many Masters, which have you read that book? That is like- I have it. I haven't actually, I like started it, but I haven't finished it. Well, it's basically this, right? It's like this, in this life, here's your lesson, right? And so I just had, I closed my eyes after I like sped read through the book. I mean, it was like the fastest book I've ever read. And I was on the plane and I just closed my eyes for a second. And I just was like, I started laughing to myself and I was like, oh my gosh, I just had this vision of like me and my dad drinking a beer, sitting on the edge of the earth. It sounds really weird now, like when it comes out in real life, but in my head, it made sense. And so we were like sitting on the edge of the earth, drinking a beer, being like, okay, so in this lifetime, what do you need to learn? The conversation we were having was like, my dad's like, okay, well, I'm going to have kind of a short life. So I'm going to love as much as I can and do what I really want to do. And it's no surprise that he was a cardiologist. So like follow your heart, lead with your heart is very much, you know, a a guiding mantra of mine. So he like, that was his life's path. And mine was, he was like, okay, so at 18, I'm going to check out and you're going to learn to love yourself. And like, that was the moment I was like, oh, okay. Well, what if it was that easy? And that's my life path is just to learn to love myself. And in that, just all of this idea of like the life happens to you or for you, life just happens, right? Life happens. And how do you choose to exist in that? And so the other big shift in my life has been just be. And then I was like, oh my God, it's in my name, just be, Phoebe. And like this whole thing, and I was like, oh my God, that's, <laughs> it was like this moment where I was like, this is so funny to me. And, and that's, that's where I am right now is I'm just learning how to be. And in all of this unbecoming work that like, you know, I've been working through and shedding what's not so you can be who you are. And like, that has very much been my journey. And next level stuff is like, okay, so now it's no longer looking outside myself. It's no longer just trying to be myself. It's like this idea of just being, just loving, because that's just who I am. And that practice of presence and empowerment is a really dynamic <laughs> experience. What does a practice of presence mean or look like? Yeah, so I just did my breathwork practitioner training. So that's fresh on my mind. And to be really honest, in meditations, I've never connected to my breath. I know that's what you're supposed to do, but it just didn't feel right. I've always connected to my heartbeat, always. And so to learn a new way of how to connect with your breath and what it can actually do for you. I mean, I basically, or I didn't basically, I had a psychedelic experience just from breath work the other day. And I had a whole conversation with a piece of myself. And I mean, it was really profound. And so my practice of presence happens daily. I have reminders on my phone that say, it's like this one app that just spits out reminders at random times of the day. And so one, two, well, two of them, one is get present. The other one's deep breaths. I have probably 15 that alternate, but that is like just feet on the ground, just notice, you know, so I'll close my eyes and I'll just notice what I feel. I'll notice how I'm breathing. I'll notice my heartbeat. I'll bring attention and awareness to different parts of my body. And then if I'm like with my partner, like every time before dinner, we always hold hands. We always just sit for at least two minutes. I mean, as long as we want to do it, but we'll just hold hands before our food. And then like afterwards, sometimes we'll talk about it. Like what was what was present. And I'm like, oh man, I went over, was thinking about all this stuff, but it's really to turn off the brain, right? It's like, just notice what you notice, hear what you hear, see what you see, you know, and just loving what is like, that's the ultimate practice. 
Do you have a presence practice? Do I have a presence practice? I think being with what is. I don't know if I've gotten to the point of loving what is all the time. Like, I think that's my work. I think that's everybody's work. (laughs) Right. Like, like when I have an experience in life, like I've gotten to a place now where I don't want to retreat. Like, I think a few years ago when things got hard, I would either go to the bar. I'd go work out. I would go elsewhere, do something, take something, like I would try my hardest to not feel what I was feeling. Like I, I would do everything in my power to actually escape my feelings because what I was feeling was uncomfortable. And I think now my presence practice has been being with the full range and the spectrum of the human experience, which can mean my insecurities, which can mean just deep shame, which can mean like truths about myself, which can mean like empowerment, which can mean joy and love and connection. It can mean gratitude. Like I think there's a full range of the human experience that I'm learning to be with every day. And I think that's my presence practice. Like it's choosing to be. And when I become aware of something that isn't in alignment with where I want to be. Like I have a vision for my life, right? Like, so it's a bridge of like having this beautiful, connected, inspired vision for my life with then this very grounding presence of like, this is where I am and this is all that's true. And this is what I desire. And like kind of course correcting, like, so if there's something in presence that isn't where I want to be, then it's starting to ask the questions. And like, what is out of alignment? Is it a belief in the mind? Is it a fear of feeling something? Is it a conversation that I am afraid to have with another? Is it, is it a lack of connection to truth in my soul? Like, and each of those might evoke a different practice, a different tool, a different question or a different a different way back to me i think that's the ultimate mastery right is like we accumulate so many tools i'm very guilty of that and but i i actually really love that about myself is i've gone to all these breath work and then doing all these like meditation practices and all this stuff it's like i have accumulated a lot of i would say knowledge but like knowledge stuff you know and i think the mastery of it is knowing which to place where and when right? It's like that discernment is the ultimate mastery. And the other thing that's really been, I think the catalyst to all of this is losing, like really getting connected to my body, my physical body. I've been very, like very spiritual, very outside my body, which has been great. And I've kind of lived in the clouds and loved in the clouds and (laughs) created from there. And to actually get into my body, which I know a lot of people talk about it. And again, it's not real until it clicks for you. And in the last year, like 14 months, just to know what that has done for my, my life, I didn't know. I really underestimated what it's like to feel great in your body, to feel proud. I joke with this like women's group that I'm running right now that like we're wearing a report card around our, our neck, like around our chest, you know, kind of like a scarlet letter. Like 
if that were true, what would that report card say about you? You know, like, do you feel great in your body? And it's amazing when you do and you start to change things and start to empower yourself to actually take control of, oh, wow. Like I actually had that moment last February, 2021, where I just like looked at myself and was like, what am I doing? You know, this, but it was really out of love and also like confusion, you know, which I just didn't, I felt so, I know we've talked about this before, like felt so light in spirit and so heavy in my body. And so as a result of that, like the pride that I have for myself right now is something I've never, ever felt. You know, I go to the gym every day and I just am like, I feel like a total badass in the gym. I'm like, whoa, I'm the person I know I am, you know? Well, I feel like, and this is something I've talked about before, but like self-love is at the intersection of I am enough and I can be better. Mm. Right. And like only, you know, the truth, right. And you know, what is self-love and you know, in fact, I think, I don't know who mentioned this, but like, I think someone had mentioned like just this idea in spirituality and personal development groups of like trying to transcend instead of befriend the body. And I really loved that because I certainly find, I found myself trying to go outward and go, you know, to the spirits and just figure out answers, but coming back to the body and being with what is like you were, your body is the temple. You know, your body houses the soul. It houses your infinite wisdom and your, the soul is connected to everything. It is nature. It is the heart. It is the resonance you feel between people, you know, like it's this, I certainly found that for me, at least like, you know, being a former athlete, like I was very, I had a very weird relationship with my body for a while. In fact, that's a big part of that's this last month. I've been really untangling a lot of that, like being very competitive tennis player and kind of honestly abusing my body for a while. And then or abusing my body so that I could achieve and be a certain way and win and how much value I put on myself there and untangling everything. Like, like I found myself like when I'd go into the gym and really have, like I was having a lot of resistance to going in and doing heart leg workouts, like specifically, like I had a lot of resistance to going in and doing leg workouts because when I used to do leg workouts, like they were all tennis workouts and like, and I would just have this, negative just voice in my head that would just come out and just start talking shit about myself like just and I realized this by like going into my body again and like actually working out and repatterning those voices and finding like healthy drive healthy like that healthy push of like like I want this for my body not because and like learning to repattern has been my edge it hasn't been going to spirituality. It hasn't been going to journeys. It hasn't been any of that. It's actually been just going to the gym and being aware of how I'm, and it's the energy of how I'm approaching something. It's the energetics of like the pause before I do something. It's the, it's the way I approach whatever I'm doing in front of me that to me has all of the, the growth and and only, and that's why I just, I really appreciate even you, you kind of bring it back to that discernment, like different tools are perfect for different people, but everything in front of you can be a journey. Everything in front of you is happening. It's in front of you for a reason. And you can choose to look at it through that lens 
and truly create an empowering story that can lead you into the greatest levels of of creation, of expansion, of of intimacy, of connectedness, calm, clarity, courage, confidence. I mean, you name you name it, like everything's here right now for you to experience if you choose it. Yeah. I resonate so strongly with your athletic background, right? My story with my body is so complicated. You know, it was like from eating disorders to like, then all of a sudden, like the utility of my body, I eat to perform on the soccer field. Like that's what I did. And then I know a lot of women can resonate with this where it's like, that's our identity is our body. And so if anybody's had any like negative or, or perceived negative experiences, you know, that cause you to say, which I did, and I, I've uncovered in the last couple of years and like really healed that part of like sexual trauma that it brings up a lot of shame and guilt. And that is just stored then in our bodies, which don't allow us to love it. You know, you can't love what you can't accept. So if you can't accept it, all of what it is and well, all of what it's not, and to actually go back and relive those moments, you know, I've done a lot of like, you know, hypnosis has been very helpful and also just trauma healing work. And then it's like, oh, like what is then available for you? Like to your point about the gym, it's like my gym has been my church. Like that has been such a devotional experience for me where I'm like, oh, I get to push myself and I get to also go really slow when I don't feel like it. You know, it's that knowing myself and where, you know, and I'm so proud, you know, I, on our, so I have this like fitness company thing and and on our calls, well, I'll, I'll like flex my muscles. And, you know, we're, we're all in this, like, it's so exciting to be proud because I've spent so many years wishing I looked different and wishing this was bigger, smaller, you know, whatever. And it's like, oh, and I hear so many, you know, I had an experience with a little eight-year-old girl recently and she's like, oh, look, I have stretch marks and I have this. And I'm like, you're freaking eight. Like you're a baby. And that makes me feel so sad in one way and also so grateful in the other. I'm like, the women that are coming up right now in leadership are, we get the opportunity to change everything. You know, we are the ones who, we are the force of life. Like we get to create a next level version of women who are proud and strong and confident and radiant because of who they are, not because of what they do, or not because of, you know, who they think they might not be. It's like, we have such an opportunity right now. And the men to support the women and the women to support the men in perfect integration, both pieces are totally necessary. And for me, I mean, kids are like my heart. I love children so much. And I see this opportunity with this eight-year-old and I took it back to my women. I'm like, look at this. Like, and when I say she's eight, she's a baby. I'm like, I was eight. I remember hiding food in my room, like, you know, all these things. I'm like, whoa, like she's teaching me more about myself than I could ever teach her. Like what a great opportunity, experience, awareness for me to have to say, keep going, do the work so that we can inspire this next generation of, you know, next generation and also everybody. Because when I feel empowered and radiant, I give other people permission to be, do, and have the same. And that's like, that is where I am. Well, and that's the piece that I think I've truly come to for myself. When I am full, 
everything around me is thriving. Everyone around me thrives. That's there's that eternal well of of love that is like overflowing. And there's no person or thing or there's nothing in the world that can help you that can that feels as nourishing and as fulfilling as the love that you know you need. Even if I go to my relationship or anyone outside of me and I'm like, teach them, I give them a recipe. Like, this is what I need to be loved. Read it off to me. If they did that, it still wouldn't hit the same as the cocktail of love that I can give myself. And I think that's where it all begins. It begins with that radiance within. That's it, why like, I actually love, that's my favorite thing to even call other people now. Like it's not, you look great. It's not, you're beautiful. It's like you're radiant because it's like the, I think that's like the most beautiful compliment you can give yourself when I'm so proud of you for giving yourself that compliment. And I keep, I can't stop saying it to you because I'm like, it's truly like that. It's an internal light. It is a light that shines through your being and it only comes as a result of you filling your own cup up, of you choosing yourself, of you making that commitment to to being with all that is, to allowing yourself to grow and heal and forgive and accept and ascend into just greater and greater love. And it's so cool. I'm so inspired by just the way that you just even like you're right. Like we get to be a whole new wave of leaders, men and women. You know, like there's a lot of young men that are so confused and hurt. And there's no, there's not, you know, like, and there traditionally isn't a lot of models of healthy masculine leadership, you know, and, and I think it's an opportunity for all of us. Like this is why I'm so inspired to do the work and to help other people do the work because it, I truly believe that like changing the world starts with changing yourself. And when we can learn to embody, you know, that unconditional nature of the soul, when we can truly learn to sit in that space, it pours into everything we do, every relationship, every conversation, every uh, deal, everything comes from there. And when it comes from there, there's just this ripple impact that's felt that's experienced that truly actually takes the system and turns it upside down because it's not fighting fire with fire. You're actually coming in from love and it's creating space for both the fire and the water because both can exist inside of love. When I think with the like men and like masculine feminine dynamic, which I'm studying a lot of right now, it's this really interesting. I mean, even when you say like the loving yourself, a lot of people, or I'll say, I'll speak for myself is I heard it all the time. Yeah, self-love, love yourself. I'm like, okay, what is that? Like affirmations or whatever. And so one of the things that actually I put into practice a couple months ago that I like it because it's practical. And I love when people are like, just do this thing. And I'm like, okay, let me just do this thing. So one of the things was, I love scavenger hunts. Like that is scavenger hunts and surprises are my love language. You know, if... <laughs> My partner is like showered with surprises, which he doesn't always like and um, scavenger hunts. But what I do a lot is I leave little like post-it notes around the house or like in his bag or whatever. And so in the time that there were a couple of weeks that we weren't together and are like together in proximity. 
And so I was like, well, I wonder what that would be like to leave myself post-it notes. And so I just wrote out all the things that I've ever wanted to hear. And it was such a profound, like, I know it sounds so ridiculous. And even I would like giggle to myself, but I put it, I would write them out every night and put them around the place that I was so that for some reason in my head, I was like, maybe by tomorrow morning, I'll forget that they're there. And you kind of do because you wake up as a fresh new day. And then I would see like in the fridge or like in the cabinets or in my bag, you know, by my computer or whatever. It was just like all these post-it notes of things that I wanted to hear. And I was like, whoa, that's really great. And then you get to a point where like, okay, so now I continue to learn what I need to hear. Like, what is it? Where does that come from? Why is that important to me? Can I say it to myself? Can I look myself in the mirror and tell myself I'm beautiful, I'm radiant, I'm all these things. And then it was like, now can I get to the point where I don't actually need those things? Can I just believe those things? And so it's like been this really cool evolution. And so I kind of talked to my women's groups about it. It's like, yeah, do the thing that you need, even if it feels stupid, right? Like even if he were around and he saw these post-it notes, it's like, that's stuff that I need to hear for myself. I've got to take care of me first and find out what you need to hear and why that's important. And then eventually it becomes second nature. Then you start to open the fridge and you're like, I am amazing, (laughs) you know? Or you like put on your makeup. You're like, God, I'm radiant today. I think there's, you know, as you're speaking, there's just like this shame around loving yourself, right? Like doing things like that for yourself is stupid. Looking at myself in the mirror and telling myself I'm awesome is stupid. Like there are these voices in our heads, these inner critics that, you know, that stop us from just being. And I think a practice of self-love for me is actually when my inner critic shows up, being compassionate and loving and asking that inner critic, what's wrong? Like actually building a relationship with myself is self-love. Like in the most practical way, like one of my favorite books on self-love is uh, one by Kamal Ravikant, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. It's super practical and very much like this guy was like a a Silicon Valley guy and tried discovering self-love. So he came from like a very do-do-do world into like self-love. And, and one of the questions that he asked in the book is, if I loved myself, what would I do? Which is just a great question to ask as you're stepping into, you know, figuring out what does self-love actually mean to you? Because sometimes it is, you know, I am enough. I don't want to go and push myself. Sometimes it is, actually, I'm going to go have the hard conversation. And if you bring it back to a micro level with yourself, like for me, self-love is when I have the voice of judgment, can I pause and be aware that it's a voice? And instead of fighting myself and judging myself for judging myself and going into this loop of judgment, can I actually be compassionate to the parts of me that are insecure, that are mean, that are judgy, that are jealous, that are angry, that are sad? And can I hold the space for that? And I think that to me is like, Like self-love can have this practicality to it and it can also have this very real relation. It's like a relation. Self-love is like you're learning to actually have a relationship with yourself and treating yourself like someone you love and someone you care for and someone you admire. And that can be in the form of everything that you just mentioned, everything I just mentioned. Like there's no, 
I mean, what else? What else? I guess, like, if we really had to get even tactical, like, what else would you define as self love? I mean, I think it's that like acceptance, right? It's that acceptance and devotion to maybe devotion to acceptance, right? I want to, you can't love what you don't accept. And so that idea for me is at this journey, it was like, what came up was this, I'm paving the way for all our little kids. And like, that feels so true for me. I was like, whoa, that feels like a lot of responsibility. And then I was like, but it's like all of our little kids, like your little Raj, my little Phoebe, you know, like our little people, like just want our wounded, you know, and we're told that that's not okay and suck it up and get on with it. Right. And it's that loving, but accepting and really holding space for a deeper conversation. You know, when you think, oh God, why did I say that? It's like, hold on a second. Why did you say that? Well, there's a part of like my little girl that wanted to feel heard. Okay. I get it. Like I understand. And it's taking that moment, that pause that you're talking about for me has been so instrumental. It's like, why did I say that? And why did I do that? Okay. Well, I was just trying to get attention. Why did I need attention in that moment? You know, oh, okay. I was feeling unheard. Why? You know, I hear me, you know, is that not enough? What is it? You know, it's just this like depth of conversation, depth of acceptance and the wisdom that we have, like we have so much wisdom that if we just tuned into ourselves to say, I love the if I loved myself, what would I do? I always say, I do these three questions. What would make it feel fun? What would make it feel easy? And what would make this feel honest? And that honest one feels like kind of similar to me in that way. It's like, what would feel honest? Like what would feel honestly me in this moment? I love the devotion to acceptance. I think that's such a powerful idea because I actually really feel like acceptance is the path to like enlightenment. Like it is truly the path to healing. It is the path to ascending. Like it's the seed that begins forgiveness, which is release. Like it is truly actually like a healing medicine and, or not a medicine. I don't want to, that implies that we're sick, but like, I think acceptance is this, this vitamin it's like a daily vitamin that we can take in accepting ourselves, accepting others, accepting situations. And a devotion to that does feel like the greatest act of self-love. Like it is not allowing the ego to have resentments. It is not allowing the ego to hold grudges. It is truly actually releasing the need to be right in service of being loving, loved, allowing and support and what you need and and grateful and I, like that's yeah. what's coming as you're talking i'm like i think it's acceptance and gratitude acceptance gratitude and empowerment i mean i think that's those are the three like if we really had to put it in like acceptance then leads to this energy of gratitude and then energy of gratitude allows you to just remember your own power and remember how amazing you are and your ability to create your life. And, and I think there's a, you know, there's no one size fits all to, you know, how we choose to show up or love ourselves. I think that's what makes this whole thing so interesting. That's what makes these conversations so fun. You know, that's what 
makes reading and learning and expanding such a delightful experience because it's all we all have different soul curriculums. We have different challenges that are stopping us from loving ourselves. We have different stories. We have different life experiences. We have different cocktails of just truth or perceived truth that clouds us from stepping into our greatest potential. And that's why it's not a, hey, I'm not going to tell you anything we said here is going to work. It's like, give it a try. Give it a whirl. It can, or it can be the seed for you to begin exploring. If I loved myself, what would I do? How would I be? Would I have this conversation? If I loved myself, like that's one thing that comes up for me with Gina and us, like I've gotten to a place where like, when I ask myself, if I love myself, what would I do? It is actually allowing myself to be seen as the most authentic version of myself, even if that means that it's going to upset her. It's like, even if that means it's going to trigger her, but it's like me being my most authentic, vulnerable self is actually the most loving thing I can do for myself because that is me making a decision and a choice that me as I am is enough. So what I say to my partner all the time is I'll say, you know, I'm like, when I come to you in a vulnerable state, that is because in the outside world, right, I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm all these things outwardly. Yes, of course. I mean, and I'm very vulnerable, you know, with my community and stuff like that. But out in the world, there's this illusion, right, that we have to be strong and we have to have it all together and we have to do all these things. But when I come as a vulnerable, in a vulnerable state, that is the most loving place that I can come to you with, right? I'm trusting you with my heart in this moment, right? It's like, I just picture like my little Phoebe with like my little heart in my hands being like, here, and it's not here, take this. It's here, look at this. Help me look at it. Don't fix it. Just like, help me look at it and, and help me uncover. And we were talking about this earlier. Like, I, I really feel like, like even relationship, like especially relationship, I really feel like it's the triggers, the the things that show up, like it's the most powerful mirror for you to go. Like relationships are here for you to grow. That's why it's not for everyone because most people don't have the awareness of that. And I think for myself, like even that idea, like actually to flip it on its head, like the way I communicated and we started communicating with each other is, this relationship matters so much to me that I want you to see all of me because I know that if I don't show all of me, I will harbor resentment that will get in between us. And that understanding right there has opened up so much. Like that's the understanding. It's like, if I don't actually show myself to you, that means I don't love me. And if I don't love me, then I am, pretty much saying that your needs are more important than my needs. I am abandoning myself. Therefore I am abandoning us. And so in one way, shape or form, everything we do is coming back to self-love. Yeah. I wrote to my partner last night and I sent him a text and I was like, I love how you invest in yourself. Like that means so much to me that you do that. And he wrote, he's like, where is this coming from? <laughs> and I was like, I just had a thought of gratitude, right? Of like, wow, you taking care of you. And I actually said this to him recently. I was like, 
loving you has helped me love me more. He was like, whoa, what is that? And I'm like, I just, you are this such a powerful mirror, such a, a wonderful existence, you know, part of my life, a main character in my life, not the main character, but a main character. And letting myself love you has helped me understand and better love and accept myself. And I find that that to me is like, I mean, I could like cry thinking about that. That is so, that's such profound love for me that I've never felt before. I'm like, I want to love me more now so that I can love you more. But it, it doesn't actually matter how you arrive there. <laughs> you know, in my experience, it's just being in the, the flow of whatever shows up, shows up. So whether loving you helps me or whether loving me helps you, you know, we're all helping each other. And I feel like that is, you know, watching you, Raj, like do your work and your relationship with Gina, like that is so inspiring and empowering and exciting, right? For obviously listeners, for myself. And it's like, that just show, you know, it shows me what's possible. It shows me areas to work on and to look at and areas that I'm doing really great. You know, it's like, okay. And your relationship is your relationship. My relationship with myself is so personal and so intimate and weird and, <laughs> you know, just all of these amazing things. And I'm so grateful. I just love you so much. I, I just like, I just, <laughs> I just miss you. I love you. Like, I just, I'm so proud of you. I mean, it's just such a joy to watch you just really step into your heart. And I'm so grateful that I get to be like, just on the sidelines, just cheering you on and just watching you just grow into this beautiful, radiant human being that you are. And it is just so lovely. And I just adore you. And I'm just so grateful that I I just, I'm so grateful that I get to love you as you are, because it's literally the best. I feel like <laughs> ditto, but that's <laughs> so, so terrible. Because I could say literally word for word, the exact same thing. And our friendship is just so <laughs> loving. You know, it's like, I don't, and yes, I appreciate you sitting on the sidelines. I would prefer if you were a little bit more in the game, in my game right now, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we'll make that happen. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. I mean, I really am just filled with gratitude. And every time I see your name on my phone, I just like my heart lights up because of who you are and who you are in the world. And, you know, who you are in our friendship is just so meaningful. And I'm just so grateful for what you represent to me, the mirror that you reflect back to me is, is so inspiring. And I, I'm really grateful. So thank you. Well, this is just the best love fest ever. <laughs> Phoebe, everybody go. Phoebe's got an amazing podcast and she's a brilliant teacher if you haven't already experienced that here. So we'll make all of her links available in the show notes and on social and Phoebe, I have one last question for you in the midst of everything you are doing everywhere you've been and everywhere you are going. How do you stay grounded? There are so many answers I could give to this, but today what feels the most present for me is to steep in gratitude. I think gratitude is the key to being grounded, to staying grounded and a practice of gratitude turns you inwards to your heart to help you be more loving, be more radiant, be more empowered. So getting into a, an attitude of gratitude is the way that I stay grounded. I love this like 
it would be fun because you've been on the show what three times now or something like that like I'd love to go back and actually listen to like what your answers were like each time because like I just you've just been evolving so much so like even like for me I, I keep coming back to like like groundedness is just such a a moment to moment experience like it is not something that is like certain like your groundedness is based in where you're at and what's present and it's based in presence and and so it's just I love you I'm so just you're the best but uh, everybody that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded I'm your host Raj this is your old friend Phoebe and from us stay grounded we'll chat soon Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.